Hey everybody, welcome into Sucktastic Cinema. Just wanted to hop on here real quick and give a little bit of a disclaimer for this episode. Uh, as of you will probably hear, the audio sounds a little different um, when getting our microphone configuration set up again uh, this week for recording this week since we were recorded on location last week. Um, I made the mistake and had Matt recording through the wrong microphone channel. Uh, so the one he's recording through is one that's set up a little further away on the table. So his audio sounds a little more, f you know, a little further away. But what's nice is it's set up in a spot to where it recorded the both of us. So I just had um, both of our audios this week through the microphone that's further away. Uh, next week it'll be back to normal. I apologize for um, kind of the difference. Hopefully it's not distracting to any of you. Um, if it is, again, I apologize, uh, but hopefully you can still enjoy the episode. We had fun doing this one. Uh, so without further ado, cartoonish foes, a smelly friend in a robe, and the hijinks of a spiky-headed boy. It's Max Keeble's big move this week on Sucktastic Cinema. Well, this isn't very good. Never seen garbage eat garbage before. It's embarrassing. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. It certainly does suck. Welcome back in to Sucktastic Cinema, where if these movies try too hard or know what they are, endearment is the name of the game. I am Steven. I am Max. No. Hold on. Today I am. Okay, well, we'll get to that here in just a second. <laughs> Welcome everybody back in. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who have listened to last week's episode where we sat down with our friend Katie Leggett mm -hmm. uh, from the My Zillennial Podcast, mm -hmm. My Zillennial Life Podcast. That was, a, that was a fun episode. That was. It was fun we to record, fun to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Where we uh, talked about Mr. Nanny, if you haven't listened to that already and you're listening to this episode, uh, when either when you're done here or pause this episode and go listen to that one and our previous three episodes, uh, we have quite, we're amassing quite the... Uh, Quite the catalog mm. so far. Mm -hmm. This is episode five in our third week of releasing. And uh, we're, we're, we're hoping to get these episodes out to all of you so you can listen for your listening pleasure. Listening pleasure. Yes, exactly. Um, but thank you, everybody. Uh, we also want to continue to ask you for your ratings and reviews on places like Apple Podcasts uh, to subscribe and follow on Spotify, on Stitcher. Um, just to help us, you know, kind of work our way into that algorithm of whatever whatever it is that Apple Podcast has to push us to the top of the charts. Um, before we get into this week's movie, Matt, why don't you let everybody know where they can find us on social media? You can find us on Instagram. We are on Instagram. Uh, Sucked yes. <laughs> Sucktastic Cinema. We're at Sucktastic Pod. You can also find us on Twitter. And that is at sucktastic sin so c-i-n as in cinema uh, so it's at sucktastic sin on twitter and that's where you can find us on social media and like steven said make sure to go follow us download subscribe mm -hmm. on spotify apple Podcasts, itunes stitcher every major podcast platforms we really like those five mm -hmm. star reviews as well yep we really really want to hear your feedback we reach out really, to us really really yeah. want to hear from you and i know we, we we may tend to say that stuff maybe in a silly way but we really really do yes. desire to hear your feedback we want to hear if you're enjoying the show and without further ado it's movie time
And now for our feature presentation. Max Keeble's big move. Yes, for those of you who might have seen uh, our promotional shot that is on our Instagram, um, we have, you know, Turbo, we have Spice mm -hmm. World, we have Mr. Nanny, but then after that, or in Captain America, but then after that, uh, we have Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which uh, oh, yeah, we're actually yeah. we're moving to April to yes. coincide with the release of the new Mortal Kombat on HBO Max. Uh, per the request of our guest for that episode, mm -hmm. our good pal Tyler Strickland. So if you listen to the Radcast, you heard him on three offerings, uh, four episode or four episodes, three appearances. For mm -hmm. we all we talked about was martial arts related movies with him yeah. because of that we called an audible and this week we're talking the disney movie max keeble's big move released october 5th 2001 so just a few months after our 10th birthday yeah um directed by tim hill starring alex d lens as max the great character actor larry miller mm -hmm. as principal jen drack uh jen drake is not so great in this one he has his moments uh yeah. jamie kennedy uh, early mid two thousands, he was star hot, hot, hot. Jamie Kennedy. He was he was Hollywood's it boy with the Jamie Kennedy experience on WB eleven. He had notable notable appearances in the, sc the screen, first two screen yeah. movies, um, but then he became uh, he became Hollywood's it boy. He was like the Tom. He was like two thousand. He was like Tom Green. Yeah, that I mean, so yeah, you know, he Tom, Jamie Kennedy kind of like. Walked a, it wasn't necessarily like the the super awkward, gross yeah. out like man on the street type stuff that Tom Green was, um, but Jamie Kennedy saw kind of that brief blip of prominence yeah. in the I, mid two thousands. Yeah, I think I meant more so like the very very small window yeah. of mainstream popularity. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Jamie Kennedy experience, uh, yeah. Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh, um, yeah, but he's the evil ice cream man. Uh, Zena Gray is Megan and Josh Peck is Rogue, who previously appeared together in the Nickelodeon classic Snow Day. Josh Peck is when he did stuff as a kid, and even like Drake and Josh, I couldn't watch it because he's just so insufferable in yeah. the in his movies in that show Drake and Josh. He's just he I can't stand. He's just that obnoxious. Kid. Yeah, he's really obnoxious. Um, he seems more laid back now. Mm -hmm. uh, but is it probably. Probably a, he was probably a cool kid. Seems like a cool guy. Mm -hmm. It's just he just was always the worst part of any movie just or show. Just the roles he the roles he was given. Yeah. Those yeah. were like the roles he was given. Nora Dunn, SNL alum. Yep. Uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. <laughs> uh, who she? Wayne's mom in the Wayne's World sketches. Sketches mm -hmm. and a few of them. Uh, Nora Dunn and Robert Carradine are Lily and Don Keeble, um, with the parents. Noel yeah. Fisher as uh, the main bully Troy McGinty. Uh, Orlando Brown as the other bully Dobbs, and Brooke Ann Smith as the love interest Jenna, featuring Amy Hill as Mrs. Rangoon. We'll get into that. Um, and Amber Valletta as Miss Dingman. Uh, box office of $18.6 on a $25 million budget, so box office mm -hmm. bomb. Before we get into the movie, would you like to hear uh, what the VHS had? Like, like as like far the, as coming like attractions, like the opening, yes, like or the like the coming attractions. Well, it's not that it's opening because it's not all coming attractions. Okay, uh, so it's just the opening. Yeah, like so, it, trailers are included, but yeah, like yeah. promos Please. and stuff yeah. in there. Um, now available on DVD. Just stuff, right? yeah, stuff like that. Um, which we'll also mention the the charm that early two thousands Disney that, stuff. That's has the on thing us. is as I was gonna say, and when I say it, it reeks of it, I don't necessarily mean like smelly, gross, it's rife stupid. With it. It's it's very rife with two thousand early two thousands Disney imagery with like yeah. 
the aesthetic, the actors, mm-hmm. the fashion, like I think I think the appeal and charm for us mm-hmm. of not just early two thousands Disney, but just yeah. early two thousand. I mean, early two thousands we yeah. were becoming older adolescent kids. Yeah. We, like I said, we turned ten we, so on August third, two thousand one. We so were like the demographic yeah. for that stuff at yeah. the time. But also, I think what helped emphasize our uh, a, it's a kind of the reminder of its appeal to us. I mean, I'm reminded often of yeah. just that. 2000 to 2000 and you know 4 2005 mm-hmm. 2006 that that time and just the charm to it to me is we also watched princess diaries yeah we watched that night, last night which we and grew I love up, that movie. i grew up really liking princess diaries and i don't believe in in the term guilty pleasure anymore no, if i if i like something i like it i don't yeah. feel guilty for yeah, liking don't it. make people feel guilty yeah. about um liking things mm-hmm. that they like it, unless they like killing people then they should be made to they should be they prosec- should be guilty in should a be, court of law <laughs> they should be prosecuted and made to feel guilty for 25 to life yeah if, if you like committing crimes yeah then yeah then of course you but, should be made to feel guilty but if it's something that's like movie and music and stuff that you like like yeah you shouldn't be made to feel guilty for that so yeah. princess diaries and i mean say oh guilty pleasure no i love that movie and oh, it was great. the first time in years i watched we watched it yesterday and it charmed the pants off i love me. it as mom would say that's a cute movie it really is yeah. um but i think just with that in the early 2000s came out the same year that Max Keeble did, both yeah. celebrating 20 years this mm-hmm. year. Uh, just reminded me of how much charm there is to the early 2000s stuff. That being said, I'm not saying that that makes this a good movie. No. Because... I'm, I'm, I'm not really going to be that forgiving of a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, now, if you listen to Captain America 90, we were kind of frustrated because on second viewing, those of you who are first hopping on with mm-hmm. us here, we watch these movies twice. Um, but uh, it... it I'm not saying made more sense because it wasn't incoherent yeah. first time I watched it. But I started picking out more things that I was like, oh, okay, that's not that bad. That's yeah. not bad. Stop it. Like, I, I stop it. I think it was, for me, it was just as irritating the second time. Like, not not so much, oh, my God, turn this off. But, like, mm-hmm. the things that I pointed out the first time that I, like, that's dumb and don't make any sense were still kind of the same things. Mm-hmm. That, unlike with Captain America 90 where I was like, Dang, yeah, this is starting to make more sense. Yeah, and we'll get more into that. Again, I'm going to do the opening. Those of you uh, kids, you know, kids, those of you who were kids around this time, whether, you know, you're 10 like us or younger or older, you're familiar with the early 2000s Disney, you know. Yeah. Now to own on VHS and Mm -hmm. Disney DVD. Yeah, Uh, which was always, like, super loud. So if you're trying to watch a a DVD, like, at night, Mm -hmm. it was always, like, it had that that little jingle... Yeah. It was so loud. Yep. Um, and now, our feature presentation. Yeah. Um, but on the VHS, the first thing that comes up, the VHS was released in 2002 because mm-hmm. the movie, again, came out in October fit, uh, yeah. October 2001, so a few months. They have mm-hmm. it in theaters for a few months, then VHS. So it came out in 2002. So one of the things it was advertising was... This was around the 10th anniversary of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was the special edition, uh, special anniversary edition of Beauty and the Beast, which I would also assume is one of the times it was out of the Disney vault. Yep. Um, a trailer for The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah. Um, so it was a trailer for it coming out to own. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought The Rookie was boring. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it had that certain tinge of, of a Disney sports movie. Mm-hmm. 
um, now as you grow up, you're like, how, how much of these details are fudged to, right. to create an interesting story? I remember on Triple Play, there was a Triple Play Baseball. Mm. I remember looking for Jim Morris on... Uh, Jim on, Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> and when I saw the, what the real Jimmy Morrison looked like... Jimmy Morris. Jimmy Morris looked like... I was like, just quoting... Right, no, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but like you, like you get that confused because Jim Morrison yeah. and Jim Morris... Yeah. Uh, you see him in real life, and like he's kind of like a pudgy, balding man. Yeah. I was like, what? That's very flattering. Hollywood, Hollywood sensationalized. I think Jim Morris was the only one who was like, yeah, no, this is this is accurate. No, yeah, this I is look accurate. like Dennis Quaid. I actually look more like Tom Cruise, but, you know, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. They got Dennis Quaid. That's okay. That's fine. I like... Uh, I forgot the movie. Inner Space. Inner Space. <laughs> That's what it is. I liked Inner Space. Um... Where was I? Oh, uh, so speaking of Princess Diaries, Mandy Moore did a song for the Tarzan sequels, Tarzan and Jane. Oh. So it's a promo of her like talking about her and showing her oh. recording it. Um, a trailer for one of our movies coming up here in the future, Air Bud's Seventh Inning Fetch. Oh, yeah. Coming, and Snow Dogs coming out on video yeah. and DVD. I thought Snow Dogs sucked. I thought it was yeah. really boring. Mm. Um, Not even Cisco could have saved that movie. Yes, Cisco is in that movie. Yeah, he plays one of Cuba Gooden Jr.'s coworkers ah, at gotcha. the eye doctor. Or whatever. No, he's or a dentist. Dentist, yeah. yeah. Cisco was a dental hygienist in that movie. Yes, well, he's a dentist. Or, well, he could have been a hygien. He could have been Cuba's hygienist. I don't remember. Oh well, I'm thinking Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I forgot you said yeah. Cisco. Yeah. Um, if for those, and then a teaser promo, which this is pretty cool. I never watched the show, but it was really popular. A teaser promo for the premiere of Kim Possible oh, on Disney yeah, Channel, yeah. and a teaser for a making of featurette after the movie. Oh, so great! Which before you know, this is when DVDs started rising yeah. in popularity. So you have special features on there, but it's also in videos to help their um, mass appeal. Yeah, started putting more features on there, making yeah. room for that on there. So just the, cramming them on there. Yeah. So if the I think we're I think we're I'm gonna start doing that now to where if there are VHS openings some of these movies on YouTube I'm gonna start like saying it. what yeah. what was on there. I like that. So Max Keeble essentially is about a spiky headed boy in bagging clothes thinks he's moving so he mm -hmm. commits to spending a week fucking shit up all to the background soundtrack of early 2000s rock and pack sun punk music. That's all you need to know. Yep, that's, that's it. the movie. Good night, that's everybody. Pretty, it's pretty much all you need to know about this that's, movie. That's the premise. Yeah. Um. His clothes are really baggy. I noticed. Now Alex yeah. Lenz is really small. He's a, he's like he's like twelve when yeah. this movie came out. So actually, it it works. A twelve year old playing a twelve year old. I think if you were like us, ten to twelve mm -hmm. years old, you could kind of connect with that because yeah. it's not like nine hundred two and zero where it's adults playing high right. schoolers. Yeah, I think he's like smaller than the the average person yeah. in real life and not like a not like a, a little person yeah right but like he's he's just he's a little runt he's not just a late bloomer he's a little kid yeah um so when he walks around it always looks like he's trying to keep his clothes from sagging off but without having to use his hands which probably was yeah which probably was the case <laughs> but that i mean those deer that's what i meant by the aesthetic and the fashion mm -hmm. it's all baggy clothes mm-hmm so the movie opens up on an over-the-top dream sequence where Max Keeble is prized paperboy, out to accomplish his goal of completing a route, or his particular route he's on in 30 minutes or less, while trying to thwart the murderous efforts of an evil ice cream man. The catch is, like, when it opens up, though, when you're thrown right into it as an audience, you don't know it's a dream sequence yet, mm -hmm. which leads you to say, 
what the hell is going on? What is Tony Hawk doing there? Yeah, exactly. Which, as you as you watch it again, you know it's a dream sequence. You're like, oh, okay, the random Tony Hawk cameo. He wants Tony Hawk in there yeah. knowing who he is. Tony Hawk's not a good actor, by the way. Oh, yeah. It, it, he only had a few lines of dialogue. Hey, Max, that's yeah, it. And then exactly. oh, he sure is an evil ice cream man. Yeah, because he gets splattered with ice cream. Yeah, the evil ice cream man in the dream sequence. I'm incensed at how much ice cream he's wasting. Yeah. Um, but you he's love just, ice cream. Oh, I love ice cream. He's <laughs> shooting ice cream at Max. Um, and then there is a... Uh, so we're going to have a little edition of something called Is It Racist? This uh, episode. And there is more instances that we're going to be going to this little subject uh, than I'd like to admit in a Disney movie. There are a few things in this movie that because it's a playful kids movie and is the early 2000s, mm-hmm. I can say... Because I lived through that time, I can say, okay, at that time, these jokes were meant to be over the top and mm-hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. Which, obviously, you watch it now and realize that it's either instances of cultural appropriation or racism. Yeah. But I'm not going to retroactively cancel this movie. Just going to say, there are things in here that are uh, a little, a little, you kind of... Roll yeah. your eyes and you're like, oh, it's a little yes. uncomfortable. Is, is this racist? That's pretty. That, uh, that's pretty dated to be so relaxed about something like that. Well, all in all, it doesn't age well. These that, jokes don't. It age doesn't well. age well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it happened, uh, and it didn't age well, and it, it isn't something that should be done again. There's yeah. one. There's one, maybe two instances of like blatant. To me, blatant racism. Sure. Um, but uh, but it's Disney. <laughs> but it's it's one of those instances to where in a dream sequence to where two white people. You want to talk about cultural appropriation? Yeah. Um, so in this part, they've like Max is being cornered by the ice cream man. Yeah. And around him, there's there's things with Japanese lettering and like yeah. Japanese aesthetics. Yeah. Like the like it's almost it's not. Chinatown, yeah, because Jap, 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 uh, sorry, Japan and China yeah. are. I like your Dabney Coleman impression. Yeah, yeah, Dab, 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 Dabney Coleman. <laughs> um, Japan and China are different. Yeah, but um, it's almost like they're in a Japanese part of the neighborhood. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to make to look like yeah. because of the joke that's coming it's... up next. It's the classic, you know, what's been parodied because of Godzilla movies, the tour. kung fu movie yeah. trope, toward the mouth, toward the person. The actor, whoever mm-hmm. is speaking Japanese, and the mouth is moving, but the American were the English doesn't add, match up. This this like trope, this joke, like it's always tried to be played for laughs, mm-hmm. and I just I never found it funny. No, like, n- it has nothing to do with like the undertones that I just don't think it's funny just from a comedy standpoint. Mm-hmm. I just always found it cringy and stupid, and I always roll my eyes whenever. If any TV show or movie does it. Because when white people are mainly the ones doing it. Well, and it's so, like, they're trying so hard to be funny. Yeah. And it's just not funny. Yeah. And this definitely is not funny. Yeah. And even with that, like, that not so much is what, you know, can come under fire. Although, again, it's cultural appropriation. It's the constant... It's like, like it's, it's it's no it's laughable yeah and you're just like oh my gosh because like they're they're both like yeah doing that and it's i'm just like so that's where the question comes in is this racist yeah. it shouldn't be here yeah because also also the biggest reason it's not funny 
Yeah, but exactly. That is the tale in this movie. There's so think, many things I'm like, it, that's not funny. That's the thing is, it, it didn't mean any harm, but at the same time, you're like, mm, I know you can't, you can't do this now. Yeah. Yeah. This has some sort of influence sure. on kids, no yeah. matter if you were kids who liked it or kids even yeah. like us at 10 yeah. who didn't like it. Yeah, it's it just it just comes down to, like you said, it's just not funny. Yeah. Just trying to be funny, it's just not funny. Yeah. And he gets away from the ice cream man in yeah. the dream and ends up on the front lawn of his significantly older love interest, yeah. uh, especially in real life because Alex Lenz was 12 and then who plays Jenna here? Um... And Jenna, his love interest, played by Brooke Ann Smith, was She's 17. 17. So it's, there's um, points in here to where it's like kind of, it's really weird. Yeah. Like just knowing that. So he uh, he ends up on the front lawn of his love interest who he tries to buy the affections of. And he's going in for a kiss. And the ice cream man pulls up and shoots ice cream at them both. And uh, he wakes up because his Goldberg clock is telling yeah. him to wake up Jabroni. I, I want that clock. Yeah, like when, the, I, when I move out, I'm going to look for that alarm clock. Yeah, um, which I'm not a fan of Goldberg, but that's a nice little slice of uh, early 2000s yeah. We're not that far removed from uh, WCW's glory days. Yeah, which, uh, funny enough, when we were watching this, I was like, oh, a little teaser for uh, one of our upcoming episodes yeah. with Jeff Wright. Ready, Ready to Rumble. Rumble. Yeah. Um, so it's revealed that, yes, it's a dream. Mm -hmm. And Max wakes up because he's... Starting junior high, but yeah. he's excited to start junior high. I was scared. I don't get it. I was scared shitless to start junior I high. I think it's that classic like protagonist like trope of like, oh, this is my year. This it's yeah. a new start. I'm starting. I can, I can forge a new identity or whatever. Yeah. Which I think this kind of media, I think, or I think like movies and TV. I think they played up too much the uh, importance of middle school and high school. Right. It's like it's. It's not at all like mm -hmm. it, I just I just think it's funny now how yeah. especially middle school when most of the time middle school is just two grades right so none of it really matters I can understand it's a it's a it's a turning of the page sure for a lot of kids um, especially if you went to a seventh just a yeah. seventh and eighth grade it's you're becoming a teenager yeah. you're having to start to deal with teenage yeah. stuff your teenage yeah. angst is kicking in I get it but. When we live in a time to where even your college degree doesn't mean anything yeah, exactly. anymore, like, what do you, what does that make junior high and high school? They're definitely not the best years of your life. Yeah, um, I feel really bad because, and I know this is a silly thing to feel bad about. I loved junior high. I really, I know, I, did I, too. I know, I just said, you know, we were scared shitless, but there's a lot about it once yeah. we got into the groove of it yeah. that I really, really liked. And I feel bad because I know a lot of people who Those like, like terrible they hated it because they got picked on, and I'm, my yeah. heart goes out to you, like yeah. for real, because that sucks. That's why I feel bad yeah. that I liked it so much. Going going into this movie, I'm trying not to be too, like, too hard with the criticisms because I know specifically it's supposed to be this cartoonish, over exaggerated right. look through the eyes of uh, someone starting middle school at look at middle school right. And, and quote unquote bullies and villains. Yeah. It's supposed to be absurd. It's just it's corny and cringy. Yeah, I was gonna say stupid. sometimes even though you're going with that, it still is what it is. Yeah. And it's still bad. But Max is excited to, to start junior high and he wants to be the big man on campus, mm -hmm. ironically. Yeah. Um he also has two loser parents. I mean, they mean well. Sure. But his mom, Nora Dunn, is obsessed with the house being finished and his dad, uh Lizzie uh, McGuire's Robert, dad. Lizzie McGuire's dad, Robert Carradine, yeah. uh, is a doormat for his boss at his advertising job. 
And uh, he's dressed up as a lobster. Isn't that funny? Yes. Um, his dad is sulking and walking away. And Max hops off, tells his mother goodbye. And says, what a fucking loser. Yes, exactly. He says, what were you thinking marrying him? How, did, how do they have, like, how much does his dad make? What does his mom do? There's always like, oh, they're, they're working these dead-end jobs and they're not happy. But they have these nice houses. Well, Movie magic. I don't know. Paper. You, paper boy. He can make a, a lot boy. of money and not be happy. That, no, that's um, absolutely true. Yeah. But like, if he's dressing up like a doofus, I, yeah. can't, I, I can only imagine the pay is at least pretty nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that's not important. Yeah. But um, the, the Robert Carradine Lizzie, is Lizzie McGuire's dad and Lizzie mm-hmm. McGuire. There's also other Lizzie McGuire ref, Yeah, um, like her, her buddy Gordo is in, in there. Here. And, and then there's like some Malcolm in the Middle actors. So yeah. kind of that... The kind of those side mm-hmm. character actor kids, the character kid who played actor Froggy from Little Rascals is in this movie, which I would I thought it would have been funny if he still, had the still Froggy E.G. voice. Daly's, like voice. I don't that believe you. Yes, yeah. rock side Porky. <laughs> uh, but Max gets on his bus and is joined by his friends, a big boy in a robe named Robe. Well, his name's Robert, but they call him Robe. Yeah. And his geeky band friend Megan, who again, both of them yeah. were in Snow Day the year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max insists that they try to be cool now, mm-hmm. but his socially outcast pals don't understand why. Robe picks up a near empty can of soda that has Jesus. rolled across the bus floor, exclaims it's a can. That's all he says. I, I hate, Ooh, he's like, oh, a can. I hate this character. And he drinks the rest of it, much to the disgust of his friends. Uh, Robe isn't seen as a freak because he's heavier. I just want to say that. Yeah. I mean, that might be a part of it. We sure. don't see it that way. But, uh, I mean, even wearing a robe yeah. for some inex- inexplicable reason yeah. all the damn time isn't entirely the reason. No, Robe is a slobby boy who doesn't bathe. And yeah. they really play up the fact that he's a few eggs short of an omelet. Yeah, chili omelet. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> that comes up later. Well, He's dumb. Well, and the way Max puts it, because Matt, there's these narrations when these right. characters enter the scenes, and you know you've got Max trying to explain who these people mm-hmm. are, right. and you get a better idea of how they're mm-hmm. kind of outcasts. Yeah. Um, he paints Robe as like maybe he's this eccentric artist type who probably dresses weird and has like, you know, uh, uh, non-mainstream ideas. Which he that could not be a little later, and he he could be, mm-hmm. but he. It makes it sound like even though he's he's kind of like he's kind of like a like quote unquote like a freak to other people. He still has like this this charm and redeem like redeemable quality. Mm-hmm. Like like he's not the problem. Everyone else is the problem. Right. But no, Robe is the problem. Yeah, Robe. Like, he doesn't. He eats garbage. Yeah. He he wears a robe which he probably doesn't wash yeah. he doesn't bathe or shower yeah, it's like he, no he, that's why people don't want to hang out with you cuz you're a slob it's the same robe he doesn't change yeah. and as we see later in the like as the movie goes on props to him for being involved in gym class and not yeah. trying to weasel his way out of it yeah. but he is in gym class yeah. which i guess apparently the school doesn't have a dress code either yeah. um because he wears a robe in gym class. he's dressed out but he's I, wearing a robe over I, it, so I, he sweats all over it. I hate this character. I hate him because he's disgusting, and they want us, the audience, to believe that it's not him; it's other people. He's just—he's just an eccentric. No, he's a slob and he's gross. Yeah, um, and also I hate Josh Peck. So um, yeah, I mean it's there. He has a few 
glimmers here and there to, I guess, bring some sort of, you know, charm to his sure. character. But uh, just to find the silver lining there, but as a whole, he's obnoxious. Yeah. Um, and, the little, this little girl's okay. Yeah, like Megan. His, his girlfriend, yeah. Oh, well, his, his, his friend who's friend a girl. Who's a girl. Yeah. Um, Snow Day girl. Yeah, uh, was it Lena Gray? Yeah, uh, Zena Gray. Zena Gray. Um, but yeah, she and she's like a band geek. Her carries her yeah. clarinet everywhere. Yeah. And one of the things is she's like, Zach, not Zach. Max, where's your bassoon? And he's like, uh, yeah, the bassoon. Uh, 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 the bassoon. Uh, you, could you spell it for me? Yeah, describe it. Describe <laughs> what what sound does the bassoon make? <laughs> I uh, think that would have been better. <laughs> yeah, just because. Yeah. Uh, me now as a 30 year old yeah. man would think that's better yeah um but um so lucas, Ma- <laughs> we do our own lucas cut of the like george lucas just thinking about what his friends <laughs> tell him great job yeah. <laughs> great job but uh um yeah, Max is like, uh, I th- thought we'd try and be cool this year. She's like, cool? What do you care about being cool? Like, stuff like this that. Is, this is a very safe, um, I'm going to stop using the word trope. I've used it enough. This is a very safe uh, method of storytelling mm-hmm. and characters. Formulaic, even. It's very, it's very formulaic when you've got, that's part of starting high school or starting middle school. Mm-hmm. Is And we'll see it in, later in the movie Sleepover. Is, yeah. It's these these characters who are kind of dorks and geeky mm-hmm. and the older kids kind of think they're they're weird mm-hmm. and they're trying to establish new identities. And they're like, let's abandon who we are and try to be someone else. Yeah, you know, and then thing. you get the pushback from other friends. Yeah, and they're, they're like, like why? why? Yeah. Which I, I, I relate more to that now because it's like, well, be who you are and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But back but then I, I completely understand. Yeah, that. yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, so the three get off the bus into the junior high jungle. Um, uh-huh. All the while, the main enemy, school principal Jen Drake, played by the great Larry Miller, who's hilarious. He has a few moments in here, yeah. but not so much. I think in I think in my notes I even put the usually hilarious Larry Miller yeah. is not that in he this is, movie. He is, principal Jen Drake is a character that thinks he's smarter than he really is, but yeah. everyone else sees who like him as like the idiot because he's yeah. an idiot. And then we watched him in Prince's Diaries, and it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah. And then later on, when we talk Suburban Commando, he's like, he's, he yeah. plays a great slime ball. He's a, he's a great character actor, and he's mm-hmm. funny. Yeah, but he plays Principal Jen Drake, who is staring out the doorway as the children are coming into school, yeah. lamenting about how he detests uh, the greasy, smelly, prepubescent swarm of children. Uh, two people who work for the paper tell a pimply boy about the school bullies, uh, one being Troy McGinty, and who puts the names of his victims on his shirt. Yeah. One, um, one of the paper, or one of the people that work for the paper... Is Reese. Reese from, from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Um, but on this second edition of Is It Racist, to which we oh I think God. we can give an emphatic yes, uh, school principal Jim Drake's um, secretary is Asian, also character actress. Um, and I have it here. She's done voice work. Yeah. And like you She's recognize in it, Amy Hill. Yeah. Uh, places who she is... Uh, I don't know if she's Hawaiian or if she's Chinese. Yeah. Uh, but she she's an Asian actress. Yeah. Um, and I know I just said Hawaiian. And, yeah. But she she is of Asian descent. Yeah. I'm almost positive. And her character name is Mrs. Rangoon. Mrs. Rangoon, as in crab, crab Rangoon. Rangoon, the Chinese food. Yeah. Um, and that is racist. Haha. <laughs> yeah. Haha. <laughs> 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 Silly funny. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny. 
Children, kids will think that's funny. That this is close to Mickey Rooney, Breakfast at Tiffany's level of yeah. <laughs> white man as uh, over-the-top uh, Asian stereotype. Asian stereotype. Yeah. Um, but his secretary... She's she, not an Asian stereotype. No, she isn't. But, the, the but thing her is, name is Mrs. Rangoon. The next step is her saying her L's is R's. And yeah. say, but she like... They may as well have called her Mrs. Ching Chong or yeah, something. Which, like, yeah, which it's like, you, hey, if you're Disney, if you're, you might as well just don't half-ass your racism. I don't agree yeah. with it, but like... Just or either do it or don't do it. <laughs> uh, don't but, half ass your racism. Oh, uh, that's a, that is an absolutely terrible. <laughs> that's not the if message. If you're gonna be racist, to... be racist. No, <laughs> it's a, don't bullshit me. Don't <laughs> jerk me around. <laughs> but, no, don't be racist, and this is racist. Yeah. Um, the morning announcements show, and I kind of my notes were taken mm-hmm. last week and this week, so it's all kind of yeah. mixed in here. But uh, Jen Drake. Um, so we'll get back to Troy McGinty here in a second. But Jendrick also does this thing to where his morning announcement show, it's this first example of use your word you've been using, the trope used throughout the movie to where the principal doesn't know the camera is still on after his announcements and he acts a fool, yeah. which will come back That's later. That's a running joke yeah. in the movie. And he's he's builds himself as this no-nonsense like authority figure. He's a buffoon. He's a buffoon. He has a little bit of exposition towards talking about the school superintendent coming in. Yeah. And he thinks the superintendent's an idiot, but, you know, he, he wants his job, but he'll have to kiss turns, his ass if he has turns to. Turns out he's the idiot. Yeah. We'll see more yeah. of that. But in Max's first class, uh, hip-hop sensation Lil Romeo yeah, is there, in the class. Which, it's it's kind of a funny reveal. There's a, there, there's a lot to unpack with this scene. Yes. Uh, it's... 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 The reveal is kind of funny because the teacher's taking role. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, Max Hebel, and he's like, here. And she says a couple more names, and she's like, Lil Romeo? He's mm-hmm. like, hey, what's up? I'm Lil Romeo, or something like that. And then, and like, aha, what a time capsule, yes. 2001. Lil Romeo, his dorky teacher, tries to talk hit back to him in the most white way possible. Yeah. She's like, oh, Romeo's in the house. Romeo's in the house. I can, uh, I can, I can dig that and stuff oh like God. that. And Romeo, <laughs> I, I, uh... Which, that's, that's always the go-to. Yeah, like, oh, oh, well, coming at you, dog. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm down with that dog. Yeah, it's like, we're gonna be hip, we're gonna be cool in here. At least she didn't say in the hizzy. Yeah, exactly. In the, in the hizzy. For sh- she didn't, like, she, point, she wasn't, like, for shizzle. She did say Romeo's in the house. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But she, it's like, at least if she didn't say in the hizzy. Yeah. And, like, for, like, for shizzle. <laughs> like, like there, wasn't, there wasn't like a, a beat to where she's like and then she points a pencil at him she's like for shizzle yeah you know, but romeo's response is kind of funny he's got this look on his face like uh okay yeah um but so, in this movie he is little romeo yeah he's that he's yeah he's in max's class as little romeo yeah um he's on the soundtrack as well oh of course um, and there's also a sexy science teacher in a junior high, uh, talking about pheromones and how to attract Two junior hires the first day of school. How to, yep, she's talking about how to attract the opposite sex, which, which is a setup to something yeah, later. She's talking about lot, pheromones. A lot, of, a lot of these criticisms are set up to late, for later jokes. Right. But I'm still going to talk shit on them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, so I don't think they actually established what grades are in this middle school, because I think... Me and you were like, oh, it could be 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, which would explain why his love interest looks so old. Maybe, okay, maybe we can take her as like an older looking 8th grader, mm-hmm. and Max is in 6th grade, which could justify 
you know, oh, I'm here for the next three years. Mm -hmm. It's a big deal to me to right. be like big man on campus. But then at the end of the movie, she invites him to a ninth grade party. So it's like, wait, are they ninth graders? Right. We don't really know. Right. But, so I guess it's to be assumed because there's no indication that she hangs out with ninth graders if she is an eighth grader. Maybe I'm in. Maybe she is an eighth grader and she just is friends with ninth graders who maybe graduated middle school. But they we never said anything to indicate that. That's the thing with these movies. We we can uh, we can uh, speculate all we want, yeah. but the movie never says it. Or to take an approach of someone listening, or. You don't think about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was one thing that I uh, I was like, why do sixth... Or I'm going to assume they're sixth graders. Why do they need to hear about this from their sexy science teacher? Why and, Why is the science teacher presented as this object of lust for 13-year-old children? Yeah, like in Rogue, I guess, has a crush on her, which is never... That's not... They don't follow up with that. They don't it. follow up with that. They don't follow up with Jen Drake having a crush on her. Yeah. Because that's kind of alluded to. That they show a random scene to her, like, he's... he's he's Max is, is the object of, like, his ire in yeah. this movie. He, like, he... That's presented ire, early not on. desire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and he, he's he's the object of, uh, of like, his... Um, he's the one he's always pointing the finger yeah. at. He's and like his Bart Simpson. Yeah, it's exactly. like Principal Skinner and Bart Simpson. Exactly. Yeah, Bart. That's a good example. Yeah, he's he's an has, he even has spiky hair. Yeah, um, but Jindrick is always like, kind of like Cable and like like wanting like keep wanting to make sure yeah. Cable's kept in line. There's a random scene where he's like it's Officer Mahoney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where he's like chastising him and like be one of the things Jindrick does is he's like he makes up words and makes up meanings yeah. for him like. You know, I don't encourage it. I, I encourage, encourage it. it, or like uh, I, you know, not zero tolerance. It's sub zero tolerance, yeah, which and is like below zero. That's actually pretty funny. Which he is below again, zero. <laughs> it's a few of the like because of Larry Miller's delivery and his 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 quick wits. Yeah, there are things that are funny, but as a whole, it's cringy. At, at one point, some kids by himself in the hallway, and he's like, "You, you there." Gets a class, and he like knocks. No, he's like, kids. "Why are you smiling? There's no smiling here." And he like knocks his books out of his hands. That's funny. Yeah, um, uh, but I, I will. I did have mm -hmm. a note about what Robe says when he sees the teacher in the yeah. classroom. He's like, "I can't feel my fingers." Yeah, and I was like, and, "And I, yeah, he has a very significant lisp." And my note here was, "Well, Robe, maybe it's the toxic waste you put in your body in the name of not caring what people think. <laughs> maybe you're developing hypertension." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably that can of soda <laughs> that I drank on the bus. It was laced with something. <laughs> and then the, the six sodas I had for breakfast. <laughs> and then the five I had before I went to bed. <laughs> 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 I also haven't brushed my teeth in the year. And also I had a chili dog before I came to class. <laughs> instances of like shut up robe yeah. but it's just it's a lot of insinuations shut, shut up bitch <laughs> oh shut up bitch <laughs> but, uh it's referencing something else um but uh there are instances in this scene that just 
that make me uncomfortable. You can say, hey, it's product of the time, but sure. as the teacher, who although she is still dressed modestly, yeah, she's still she doesn't have her, she doesn't have a boobs hanging. Yeah, out. exactly. There's still this like presence about her that she's like yeah. sultry. Um, and talking she, about pheromones, very yeah, first, it, very first class, yeah, and very first she, day. As she's walking by tables, there is these certain like Bunsen beaker like candles that like ignite flames as she walks by each to table. To imply that she's hot. To imply that, yes, yeah. that's all we'll imply with those. Um, an assembly is called to introduce um, three full-grown foreign exchange quote unquote kids or students. These are grown men. Yeah, they're they're grown that's, men. That's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. To be on the school football team, the junior high football team. Yeah. Which I never knew a junior high to have a football team. I don't know I why. I mean, our junior high had a football team. The junior stars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wasn't associated there's, with the school. There's not as much emphasis yeah. on it. The like, he's is, trying to build a state-of-the-art state of the art football stadium. Yeah, they can have... For a junior it's high. It's just... it's It goes back to the two... It's a waste of time to yeah. do that stuff. Yeah. Um... So, Principal Jindrick is planning a new stadium, mm -hmm. and these are the three who are going to help him make, like, the stadium, you know, a big success with a winning football team. Yeah. They're adults. Yeah. They're adults. Which, and... again, that's the joke. Right. Um, and we also see, so I skipped, so there's that assembly, but before that we see uh, Max's dream girl, Jenna, on her way to band, and she's always accompanied by Britney Spears' musical stand. Even as a kid, I was like, this is really stupid. Like, yeah. before I even kind of knew what cringy was, that's yeah. what that was. Yeah. Um, but, um, I, which, if you saw her, you'd be like, oh, like, she's a cheerleader or whatever. But no, she's like a first chair clarinet player. Yeah, which is... They the, made her a band Which game. is interesting yeah. that they did that. Um, so I guess props. Um, sure. We also see the, uh, at lunchtime, we see the school shyster, a former stock market whiz kid named Dobbs. Who is just yeah. a rat fink who shakes people down for their cash. Yeah, and they use um, financial buzzwords like mutual fund. Yeah. And I don't even know if they know what that means. Yeah, hedge funds, yeah. stocks, yeah. stonks. We're going to open, hello middle schooler, we're going to open a Roth IRA. Yeah. What is that, you may ask? Well, it's kind of like a 401k, except it's non-taxable and all goes straight to you. Yeah. Would you like to open one? And then all I picture is Kel and uh, and Good Burger like zzz, zzz, <laughs> yeah. like oh just and then, and, open mouth and then like the lunchroom monitor who's like a teacher she's like getting financial advice from him yeah but his story is that he was like a, a stock whiz kid mm -hmm. that was a millionaire but then lost it all so not only are you taking financial advice from a middle schooler mm -hmm. taking financial advice from a former millionaire who lost all of his money right there must be something to it because she says yeah did that stock worked and but she's a jerk. Essentially. Yeah, she doesn't help the kids out at all. She's 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 a meanie head. Yeah. Um. Or she was mean, as Max put it. So that's why uh, that's why <laughs> I she don't like gets her. Punished, she's mean. Um. Later on. Uh. And we finally get back to so Dobbs um takes Max's money. Yeah. Um, with all of his financial jargon, he's he's a, it's like, like four dollars. Yeah. He's a shyster though. Yeah. He's a slime ball. Played um, by the uh, very troubled Disney actor, formerly of That's So Raven, Orlando Brown. Yeah, exactly. Um, so get it together, Orlando Brown. Yeah. Um, so let's get back to Troy McGinty, we mentioned. Yeah. So he's the main school bully mm -hmm. who, again, puts his victims' names on his shirt. Which, trailer moment, every, yeah. all the kids in school are gathered Max around Keeble. him. He's like, they're like, Max Keeble. Yeah. So I remember that from the trailer. Um, and Troy corners him, and we learn Troy and Max used to be friends, mm -hmm. but because of childhood trauma, yeah. um, 
uh, he had an instance at Max's birthday party mm-hmm. to where a Scottish frog cartoon character, um, McGoogles, McGoogles. Uh, scared the crap out of him. And then Max's dad walked in dressed as McGoogles. Which you hear the McGoogles theme a lot. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like McGoogles. Or McDougal. McDougal. Yeah. Uh, welcome to McDougal's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, some of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, McDowell's. McDowell's, that's what it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, they play the McDougal's theme a lot. Yeah. A lot as, as moments of like trauma, mm-hmm. played for laughs for um, Troy. Troy. It sounds Iron like... Balls McGinty. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> jerk. Exactly. It sounds like he's saying, do you want to smoke a bone? Like, oh, he's like, and, Mookable, or something like that. In, oh, in the song? In the song. Oh, yeah. okay. At, at one point, it sounds like one of the lyrics is, do you want to smoke a bone? All I remember is, McDougal's is my name, your favorite Highland frog. Yeah. I remember that. But uh, him and Max had a falling out because of Max's birthday party. Yeah. And, you know, Troy grew much taller and yeah. became uh, a jerk. So he attacks Matt, or he, Troy attacks Max and is thrown into mm-hmm. mud and then a dumpster. Yeah. Um... Troy is a charismatic bully. I think he has he has a lot yeah. of personality. He does because he does I this like fake cooking show type narration as he's like throwing Max in mud yeah. and then throwing and then it's, putting yeah. him in the dumpster. It's, it's a he. It's fine. Yeah, but it's still stupid. I'm just calling a spade. Yeah, yeah. A spade no, there, no. You know? Yeah, he he's def yeah he's definitely has a lot of personality. That kid plays yeah. jerks in a lot of things. Yeah, because he's good at playing a jerk because yeah. he looks like a jerk. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Troy, yeah, he's scared and bored. He had a run, uh, fa- fatal run in with a uh, with a cartoon frog. Yeah. Which that'll come up again. Um. So now let's go back to the assembly. Everybody's there except Max. And uh, after Principal Jen Drake wants all this fanfare for the football team, mm-hmm. um, the the assembly doors open mm-hmm. and Max walks in, caked in mud and dumpster yeah. shit. And Principal Ken- Jen Drake calls Max a prankster. Um, and I'm just asking what kind of prank is that? Yeah. <laughs> that you cover yourself in garbage and walk through the, like, robe sitting. It's like, dang, that's what I was going to do. That's a good idea. Oh, that's why I should have done this to cover myself in I was garbage. just going to let my smell be offensive. Yeah, and he's trying to eat the garbage off of Max's head. Yeah. Because he's a fucking slob. But, um... Uh, there is one. There's another trailer moment to where um, what's uh, principal yeah. man Drake, Jim Drake, Jim Drake, um, to get the kids to be quiet. He says cease, mm-hmm. which haha trailer moment. That's funny, but he says it several times. Yeah. Later, and it really only works once. Once. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, as far as like being quote unquote like funny. It's like ah, oh, he said the word cease. It's like I don't know why the, the, when people used to get the shirt "Silence is Golden" but duct tape the duct tape is silver. Like that. Yeah. That's just what it reminds me of. It's like okay, yeah. it's funny once, but yeah. now like my mommy thinks I'm special. Yeah, stuff I do like my that. own stunts. Um, I have a black belt and crazy, but like, I love. I that is that's, that's still funny. Yeah, it's a guy with an afro and a gi. That's yeah. hilarious. Um, I have a black belt like, and crazy. like a Bob Ross type guy. Yeah. I used to have a shirt that I have a black belt and crazy. I got it from Target like back in two thousand three. <laughs> so I don't have it anymore. It. Yeah, but you know, it's now established. Jen Drake doesn't like Max, which I <laughs> mentioned before. There was one thing I pointed out. Max is walking down the aisle. Of like the assembly hall, and there's an extra that obviously is reacting to the smell. Mm-hmm. But I thought it'd be funny if he tried to like work a line in there, like some extras trying to do. And he's like, "Damn, this bitch smells like shit." <laughs> that that would have been hilarious. 
Uh, but after the assembly and Matt does... Matt? Hi, Matt. Hi. Uh, Freudian slip, because I think you're cool. Um, but uh, Max, Thanks. Uh, after he's in garbage, he's like, how are you going to clean yourself off? And he's like, watch me, or something like that. And yeah. he starts dancing around the school sprinkler. And yeah, and they play it like it's some sort of significant scene, like uh, Max is cool. but He is cool. It's, it's just him and a sprinkler. And then he goes with the janitor, and he's like, blow me! <laughs> just because he's got a... <laughs> he has a leaf blower. A leaf blower, yeah. Um, and he, he doesn't drives say him blow off. me. But... Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but he drives him off with uh, the leaf blower. Um, Max slinks his way into the band and sniffs around Jenna. Uh, yeah. Mr. Belding is the teacher, is yeah. the band teacher. Like, hey! Dennis Hayskins. Yeah. Um, the three exchange kids give him the bad news that the principal is commandeering the band room, and he is none too pleased. Um, so school is over. This is a, for, all this happens within the first day of school. Mm. Then he says, I somehow believe this has to do with Zach Morris. Yep. And, uh, Zach Morris is trash. Yeah, Zach Morris is fucking trash. Um, but Max, it's the end of school. Saved by the Bell's just trash. It's not a good show. Yeah, anyway. I'm not even endeared by it in, no. like, a cheesy way. Anyway, it's not what this is about. Yeah. Uh, so Max is leaving school, and, uh... Uh, Jendrick sees him walking into the animal shelter that is next to the school, which Max has frequented over the years. Yeah. Um, and would you believe it? We have another edition of Is It Racist? Oh, here we go. Um, there is a guy who works there who's friends with Max, an adult, um, a black guy who is wearing a, uh, a, like a tie-dye shirt. Yeah. And he has, um, hair that, I guess, tried, I guess they're insinuating that he's Jamaican mm -hmm. and his name is Marley. Ah, so yes. that's one that's a little more veiled, he, is he, it? Isn't he should have just been like, hey, Max Mon. Like, yeah, <laughs> like they're one step away from that. What's up, brother? You yeah. know, it's like they they may have well just done that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Max is giving narration about how he yeah. loves his place, and it's yeah. great. And But Marley tells Max that some Yahoo bought up the land the shelter is on and is closing the shelter. Yeah. Um, so Max is down in the dumps. Um, no pun after, that's, you know, he's been in the dumpster Not Rogue's house. Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. Um, but, uh, Max is down. He's like, ah, oh, dang, what else can happen? And, uh, he learns his family moving. is moving. His big move, we Trailer find out about. moment where he goes, we're moving? Um, this is gonna be my big move. Me, Max Keeble, my big move. Max Keeble's big move. This is, what's it is? This is my big move. <laughs> Um, after he's made such a lasting impact after his first day of yeah. junior high. This was going to be my year. Sixth grade mm -hmm. was going to be my year. Yep. Um, in all seriousness, he doesn't want to leave his friends. Yeah. Uh, but he tells his friends while they hang out at Robe's dad's junkyard, um, which that's another setting. Which I assume doubles as Robe's house because he's a piece of junk. All right. <laughs> <laughs> now he's back. The character's like 12. Yeah. Um... But uh, no, they just hang out at the junkyard several times. Uh, Max is chased down, but now we see the other villain. Oh, another yeah, the villain, ice cream changed man. By, chased down by the deranged ice cream man who has an axe to grind after Max ratted him out for putting cockroaches in the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do that on the regular. They, Max yeah. found a cockroach yeah. in the ice cream, told his mom, and his mom got the ice cream man fired. But um, he still has an ice cream truck? I don't know. Um, he also learns that Jendrick is the one who... Or we also learn that Jendrick... No, Max learns Jindrake has bought the shelter after yeah. Max and his friends are putting up the Save the Shelter yeah. flyers. And there's a funny bit about a smelly goat driving a car. Um, yeah. You know, the delivery is fine. Yeah. Um, Max is then swirlied by Troy and enters his class dripping wet. 
He's chided by his teacher and given an assignment, but after he realizes he's Audi 5000, he causes a ruckus. Yeah, she says, due by Friday. He's like, wait a minute, I'm not going to be here Friday. I'm going to yeah. be in Chi-Town. So he starts kicking Globes around and, like, you know, prodding her. He's like, yo, give me more. Two 2,000 words, make it 5,000. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And everybody's laughing, and she's made to look a fool. And, uh, oh my goodness, what is this? Another edition of Is It Racist? Oh, here we go. So, again, this is another veiled one, kind of in the same vein of, like, played for laughs and cultural appropriated as the initial one here. Uh, But Max, after his teacher, like, you know, you know, you know, tells him to shove off or, yeah. or Max, like, leaves leaves class before it's over. Uh, she says some stuff, and he, like, bows to her, and yeah, there's, there's a... There's a gong. <laughs> there's a gong splash that yeah. plays. Um, and then after he leaves the class, he sees his sexy science mm-hmm. teacher. He's asking a valid question. He's like, why aren't you in class? And then uh, he goes up and kisses her hand, and he's yeah. like, if you're ever in Chicago, look me up. It's like, <laughs> gross. It's a very, that was a very Joker delivery. Yeah. I mean... Max is yeah. okay, and we'll we'll it's, get to like a positive. It's played for innocence. Yeah, it really is. Alex Lenz is not bad. No, he's actually he's one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, Max Keeble is actually one of the best parts of this yeah. movie. which pretty it's pretty good that your protagonist is actually one of the best parts of your yeah. movie. Yeah, insufferable at times, yes, but who sure. isn't insufferable in this movie? That's what we Marley. Like, yeah. This is Rangoon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we said. It's like, oh man, this middle schooler is cringy it's like what middle schooler isn't cringy Mm -hmm. but you can also make kids charming and likable Mm -hmm. which this toes the line like the three ninjas yeah exactly but max after realizing that he's out the door uh he gathers robe and megan around to tell them about his schemes that he's planning to hatch to take down the ice cream man the principal Mm -hmm. uh the bully the school accountant yeah dobbs uh, the and, school account. Yeah. And anybody else who gets in his way, and he's enlisting their help, um, the ones who are at most risk of getting blowback from the schemes. Which we'll see is what happens. Yeah. Um, which, he says, you have plausible deniability. Which means that if someone has plausible deniability, that means that they had no knowledge of something. Right. If something bad happens... They had no knowledge of it. I didn't which, know I was. I didn't know I was participating in something bad. Yeah, exactly. But at one point, they start to really get dangerously close. To, they put some in compromising positions to where there's no way someone can look at that and be like, "They're, they're, they obviously knew about." No, this. they. Well, first of all, he told them what yeah. he's doing, so they know. No, no, no. Oh, I mean, like someone, like they, they know. Right. On someone on the outside looking in who. They're supposed to be giving off this this uh, impression that there's plausible deniability. Someone mm-hmm. on the outside looking in uh, is supposed to have that impression, but Max has put them in so many compromising right. positions. To there's no way that someone they, on the outside looking in who's supposed to be seeing it as that they pulled, wouldn't know what they're yeah, doing. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and this includes um, Troy the bully being tormented by the frog mascot song. Yeah. Uh, the accountant Maneuvers. having his. Yes, having his handheld stolen and swapped out for the uh, ice cream man's truck, which the kids mess with. They take the cooling coil off yeah. and plant the handheld like under the truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all the ice cream man's ice cream melts. Um, so there's compilations of them doing all these things, hatching yeah. schemes, and also uh, Max realizing he's going to miss his friends. And there's all this stuff going A few and few scenes here and there. Yeah. Um, and... Max is, he's living it up. 
His friends yeah. are still like iffy. You know, they know they're gonna miss him. They're living like, are you, it up. Are you, not, sh- yeah, are you living it up? Not, not giving, giving a fuck in and, the fast lane. Yeah, exactly. Limp biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, his friends are still like they're iffy about their involvement. But yeah. he's like, hey, don't worry about it. Which is easy for Max to say, mm-hmm. and he's he's gonna be gone in two days. Which this whole time, this they're jam packing a lot. Yeah. In such a short window of time. This movie's only eighty six minutes. And and the whole time, and this will come back around the whole time. I'm thinking, oh man, this is crazy first week of school. Oh man, it's a lot happening in the first week of school. Mm-hmm. And we find out at the end, it was the first week yeah, of school. Yeah, it's not like in Greece. I was like, oh, yeah. this was the first week it's of school. It's not like in Greece where you start on the first day and yeah. then you have stories the told throughout the year. You year, have a yeah. few like key pivotal yeah. points, you know, a few checkpoints in yeah. the story to where, okay, this is in the middle of the school yeah. year, beginning, middle, Kind of at, at the, the end, end, and then the end of the school year, and then the final, then before yeah. graduation. Like, no, this, all of this stuff is happening in the first week, which it's, it's ridiculous. Not, it's not like you could have built a few months into school, then Max yeah. sees that he's moving. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And that way, the pet, because in the rest of the year, it's like, and also nobody else but his friends know that he's moving. Yeah, at least it's that, you know, it's indicated like near when he, after he finds out. Yeah. We'll get, we'll, we'll get yeah, to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, so there's a there's a moment where Max is looking up, um, like talk like looking up pheromone stuff. Yeah. And uh, his dad comes in. He's like, "Hey, bud, what are you doing?" And he's like, uh, "Nothing." Yeah. Uh, uh, porno. Yes. It wasn't that. Yeah. But his dad, uh, his dad is like talking about you know you know, he his essentially let me read it as I wrote it. Max gives his dad a pet talk. After his dad says the move is necessary, keeping food on the table, Max's hair gel supply fully stocked, mm-hmm. and his rock and pop punk music playing in the stereo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want all these things, the clo- the baggier, the better. Yeah, we Clothes. have your big clothing and your Sum 41. Yeah. I have to keep flowing. Because... I'm buying two sizes too big for you, yeah. and it costs more money. Yeah, exactly. So, like, so you can hide things in there. Yeah. Um, but, like... We we have we have to move. Sorry, bud. But is Max Which is tells perfectly him, reasonable. Yeah, but Max tells him like you know stand up for yourself and like don't be a doormat stuff like that. Yeah. To which uh, it doesn't look like it. It, it kind of shows on the dad's face that he's internalizing it. But then he tells Max, you know, we have to move because yeah. this job it's puts a done food deal, bud. Table. Sorry, pal. Uh, we're moving in two days and nothing's packed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nothing's packed in that house. It's, like Max's room is still. Fully like stocked with all of his stuff. Mm-hmm. There's one scene where his mom is like load is sitting there like uh, all Remin- like reminiscing, reminiscing about- and she's like, "Well, when you start packing, you just start looking at stuff." It's like you move tomorrow. Yes, there's so much more to pack. A whole house, even. Yeah. Uh, later on that night, the three friends break into the school to plant ar- animal pheromones mm-hmm. in uh in Principal Gendrick's uh, uh mouth spray. Yeah. Which is some, yeah, it's one that's like a character thing. He yeah, like sprays, <laughs> uh, and Rogue keeps falling and farting, uh, because yeah. he's the character we've already established. Uh, uh, because you know, he's fat and weird. They almost get caught by the custodian, which in these movies, there's always only one custodian yeah. for the whole school, and they sleep at the school and they work all hours, mm-hmm. even though custodians like work in shifts and there's multiple yeah. anyway. Yeah, they almost get caught, but they get out, yeah, you know, scot free. Um, speaking of Scots. Uh, the next day, Max ah, yes. continues to torment Troy further with the <laughs> Scottish frog, and assault is implied. 
<laughs> the animals from the shelter, whose protection and preservation is Max's big goal, are uh, set to be freed to be attracted to Principal Jendrake and attack him. Also, all the while, he's awaiting the arrival of the superintendent, who's yeah. his, who is a star football player for Crazy junior high. Um, so he wants to put on airs for him and uh, stuff like that. So he's awaiting his arrival and sprays his mouth, and the animals are starting to pick up on the pheromones, pheromones. Uh, which is, again, funny to me. Uh, because he wants the animals to attack him, but he's dead set on their protection and preservation. Um, so if they escape, it leaves to a situation to where uh, they get animals escaping, the animals escaping and being shot by people in the neighborhood or hit by cars. Yeah. So I didn't really or think that one through. Driving cars. Smelly goat driving. A car. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, sure. A group of kids from gym class walk in on Troy trembling and wide-eyed under a bench after being victimized by the frog mascot. Uh, they all start laughing, furthering a scarring psyche from a traumatized individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the principal, so the superintendent has arrived, Principal Jendrake, is now walking the superintendent through the school, chapping his lips from kissing so much ass. Yep. A squirrel from the shelter runs through an open window in the library and slinks in a principal, into Principal Jendrake's suit. Which, someone's got to say it, that squirrel was nuts. All right. Uh, thank you for your input. Your your services are no longer needed. You're Matt. free to go. <laughs> I'll take this the rest. I'll take this rest away myself. Um, so the squirrel slinks into the principal's suit, causing him to convulse and give himself a reach around. I um, I mean, reach around himself in a hilarious manner <laughs> and give the crowd a case of the chuckles. <laughs> there are several. I will say also, um, there are several instances that are shown um, of underhanded dealings going on with the principal. We see a few um, moments in there. There are several mentions of budgets being cut, uh, district-allocated funds not being used for what Mm -hmm. they're set aside for, and just some general seedy things that whether you see Jendrick imply to him or Jendrick talk about to himself Mm -hmm. or um, other characters like teachers and, and like the band director and even the superintendent says, didn't I give you guys money for new, uh, new computer setups and stuff like that? We're reformatting them or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just some general seedy stuff that raised red flags about the principal, possibly how he funded the stadium even. No, we see that there's like a pie chart when they Mm -hmm. sneak into his office and snow day girls like, look at this, Max. Like, all the budget's going to the the dumb old stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, What we need is a snow day. You said that like three times yesterday (laughs) to varying parts. I'm not saying it's not appropriate for this right here. It solves everyone's problems. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But to get at Principal Jendrick, because he's already got a Troy, got a Dobbs, got the ice cream man, his big, the coup de grace against Principal Jendrick is Max incites a food fight. Yeah. Uh, to make Principal Jendrick look like an idiot from Super Nintendo Chalmers. Mm-hmm. Um, leaf blowers, band instruments, various utensils are used in the melee. Mm-hmm. Once again, proving that Max doesn't care because he won't see any of the repercussions. What he should have done with his friends is say, hey, get the hell out of here. That mm-hmm. way, this can't blow back yeah. on any of you. Instead, he has uh, robe man a tuba and yeah. uh, have mustard shoot out of it. Yeah. Uh, with the, the line, it's like, you can't say it's ketchup because it's mustard. Yeah, which makes like, why sense. Why don't you catch up or something like that? Or so, I don't remember. Um, something like that. But uh, Jendrick and Super Nintendo Chalmers uh, walk in, and uh, Jendrick is disgraced after seeing after saying cease again. 
Um, mm-hmm. We then get a shot That's of her. saying, si, senor. Yeah, exactly. And Gendrake. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is uh, it racist? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and Gendrake. Uh, the superintendent leaves, and Jindrake is furious. Uh, but then we get a rare moment of, of responsible action where Troy is seen in counseling with the school nurse. Which, the school nurse is, is also a therapist? I guess so, but it, it's, it's to no avail. Our, our, I'm just saying, our middle school nurse probably would have treated childhood trauma with a wet paper towel. Yeah. Because it, that was her answer to everything. Yeah, or did you eat a good breakfast? Yeah, she said it like breakfast. Yeah, which... Another moment of uh, being inexplicable. Yeah. I don't know why she did that. Uh, speech impediment. Yeah. Uh, but Dobbs is at his house, and he gets a note saying, or first, the ice cream man is out in front of the school, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little girl calls him a fart knocker. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is told by Robe, which he, he calls Robe Plump Daddy, which is yeah. one is one of the only genuinely funny lines in yeah. the movie. Like Robe gives him it's a like, note. Well, he's my best customer. What what can what I can do, for do for you, Plump Daddy? <laughs> that um, was funny. I uh, laughed at that. But uh, <laughs> Robe gives him a note saying to meet in the junkyard if he wants his coil back. And then Dobbs gets a an email or a little you know IM pop up uh, that says uh, if you want your handheld back, meet in the junkyard. Uh, so Dobbs has a showdown in the junkyard with the ice cream man that sees that it's been set up by Max, BTW. Yeah. And, and um, it's funny, Dobbs says, I want my, he calls it his handheld. I want my handheld. He's like, you want your handheld? <laughs> He's like, you want me to hold your hand? <laughs> that, that, was, that was funny. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's, that's damn it, a, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so Dobbs has a showdown in the junkyard with the ice cream man that sees them try to trade Dobbs' handheld that was planted on the ice cream man truck, which you mentioned before, mm-hmm. for the ice cream man's truck coil. This adult starts throttling a teenager until yeah. uh, Max handles a piece of machinery and threatens to drop the ice cream truck on them both. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of Max's... Hijinks. Yes. He tries to kill them both. Murderous hijinks, like we talked about last week. Like Mr. Nanny. Yeah. It's all in the name of fun. Yeah. Um, Now, all of Max's victims start realizing Max is to blame. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, Max gets invited to hang at a burger joint with his over-sexualized crush. Uh, Little Romeo's there. Little Romeo. And and he's buddies with Max now. Yeah. Uh, Jenna is all up on this 12-year-old because he's Mr. Cool School now. Would you even say Little Romeo's in the house? Okay, uh, he's he's got what he calls fatitude, and he can drink a lot of milkshakes. Um, <laughs> Middle school. Yeah. Um, however, this is all at the expense of missing hanging out with his friends. Yeah. So Megan and Robe have thrown his, this. His only true friends. Yeah, they've they've made a cake. They've built a built him a cake or something. <laughs> um, they've gotten pizza, and they're all hanging out in the junkyard to, as a goodbye to Max. But he blows them off to hang out. With a bunch of posers. Yeah. Um, the two find Max apparently having his run of a professional establishment and dancing on a table with Jenna while everyone stands around cheering. <laughs> uh, his friends are angry and Max feels terrible, but not as bad as he's going to feel because mm. he's not moving. He's not moving. All this was for naught. Yep. And as he's dressed like a block of cheese, his father informs the family he told his boss to take a long walk off a short bridge. Mm-hmm. Which means if he still if he just quit the cheese costume must have, must have been his father's because what must he have, have been a parting gift or yes that's your pay yeah. this cheese costume uh, because he didn't he, so he still has it yeah. so it must have belonged to him to which his father said I'm gonna start my own business which, which anyone I've never tried to start my own business for, right. but from what I understand it takes years of planning 
not only have planning, well, well, but you have planning and then execution. Years it takes years of having your own business before you see any like really significant positive uh, benefits or growth or profit. Or growth or it profit. takes exactly. years to see profit. Yeah. How are you going to pay your mortgage? Exactly. Um, but that's not the point. Um, so we're, we're losing the house. <laughs> Gotta go live in the junkyard. We're not moving. Well, technically not moving to Chicago. We're moving to a small apartment. We're moving to a one-bedroom apartment. Because I can't afford this house. Yes. Gotta get rid of your Goldberg clock. I'm sorry. We, I had to sell it. Made a lot of money. <laughs> um, so now Max is realizing his acts of defiance are coming back to bite the ass of everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Robe is going to be pummeled into oblivion by Troy. Megan has I'm to here give, for it. Yeah. Megan has to give Dobbs all her money always, and Gingerick cancels all activities all while, all the while he sits in front of a backdrop of a picture of Max claiming the principal wears a thong. Mm-hmm. So they vandalize the backdrop that he uses. Yeah. He, he doesn't use his window scene yeah. as a backdrop. He has, uses like this Oval Office yeah. scene. Um, he puts on a tearaway like, yeah, suit. suit. Um, and Max vandalized it by having a picture of him. Where I don't know where he got a big picture of himself. Of himself yeah. Um, but with a voice bubble, it said, "I, uh, I wear a thong." Yeah. Pointing to Principal Gendrake. which reminds me of the Simpsons bit to where <laughs> Bart has a picture I of himself smell. holding a, a voice bubble over Homer. Says, "I smell," and Homer looks at him and says, "I don't remember, I remember saying, saying that." that. <laughs> um, everyone is pissed at Max, and he hides out with the janitor, who tells him it takes a man to clean up his own mess. Which makes the custodian the ultimate man because he cleans up everyone's mess. Exactly. Ba-da, ba-da-ba. And also, um, the custodian plays one of the uh, quote-unquote bad guys in Princess Diaries. One of, one of the foreign like yeah. dignitarians that yeah. uh, is at the Genovian things who wants to take over Genovia. He's a baron. It, it may yeah. always be, be baron. baron. <laughs> I was like, that's good. That's Princess funny. Diaries is a good movie. Yeah, it is. Um... But Max is realizing he has to he has to take care of this to make he's everything right. Hold him, he's got to be held accountable. He's got to yep. take responsibility. Exactly. So Max gets on the tube to apologize to Megan and Robe and to challenge Troy and Dobbs. Pensable, Principal Gendrake <laughs> catch, catches Max, and Max says he knows how Gendrake funded the new stadium. All the while, the camera is on while Gendrake admits to stealing from other schools' budgets, eliminating textbook and band funds, and he even admits to not paying the janitor overtime. All this is being seen by the whole school. Mm-hmm. Max is locked in a room to prevent any to prevent any more tomfoolery. He escapes, and his new friend, the janitor, locks Gendrake in when he comes back to see Max is gone. Yeah. Max meets up with Dobbs and Troy in the parking for his parking lot showdown. Max lunges at, tro- at Dobbs's crotch <laughs> only because he's short. He's very short. Um, yeah. Anyone else, it would have been a lunge at their yeah. face or something. Megan shows up to help and calls upon the marching band playing, We're not going to take it. We're not going to take We're it. We're not going to take Nobody it. Nobody wants to get their ass kicked to a soundtrack. Exactly. Um, the tune inspires a large group of children who have been victimized by Troy and Dobbs to form a mob around them and call for their blood. Yeah. Uh, but since this is Disney, they are headed for the dumpsters. And Max intervenes and he says... Yeah. Before that, there is one funny part to where, again, throughout the movie, we're seeing these foreign exchange kids, again, they're adults. And they say stuff like, yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, very, like, the the typical, like, German slash Swedish, you know, Borgie Borgie type talk. Um, (laughs) Is it racist? (laughs) Swedish chef. Yeah. Um, Those Orgie Borgies over there. They're all white. Yeah. Um, The one funny part is one of the large adults posing as a dumb foreign exchange student 
brought into play in the junior high football yeah. team, which you mentioned before, drops the accent and her perfect American accent eloquently tells the bullies the reign of terror is over. And then everyone's looking at them confused and he's like, yeah, this is good. Yes, this is very good. So the ruse is up. And Max intervenes saying like, no, if if you're bull, we're no better than the bullies if you're terrorizing yeah. them right there. Yeah. So they're like, okay, so what do we do? And he's like, let them go. But they and drop them. They, they the, drop them in the dumpster, which is where anyway. they were going anyway. And then Max, like, they all start applauding, and Max is like, huh, huh, cool. And it's like holds Wait Megan's a hand because he yeah. realizes Megan. Robe tells him Megan likes him and stuff yeah. like that. So their girlfriend, GFBF now. Yeah. Uh, Megan all, likes you. All this is she really, she really likes, likes you. you the same way that I like bust cans of soda, and the same way that I like eating garbage and some sandwiches. <laughs> Um, but Jendrick uh, interrupts all the fun because he has a bulldozer now yeah. um, because he's he's still intent on plowing the shelter so he's going to do it himself um, he ends up at the shelter like he breaks down the gates yeah. and uh, Max hops on a car bounces off the a, a bed covering of mm -hmm. the car and uh, front flips on top of an ostrich so now he, he he's mounted on an ostrich <laughs> and the ostrich can now face its natural enemy a the bulldozer, bulldozer. <laughs> Um, so he's face to face with Jindrake who, uh, he ends up foiling Jindrake's plans because all the animals in the zoo, uh, or the, the petting zoo or the animal shelter, um, whatever are, it is, are, they're free to attack principal, uh, principal Jindrake. There is one funny part toward the, the, all the animals are running away, but then there's a little goat. He's yeah. like, I know who will attack first, the smelly goat. Um, <laughs> uh, and like, that's. I guess yeah. it's funny, but he's he's barreling towards yeah. it, and I thought it would be funny. In in line with the pop punk soundtrack, there was a song "I Do Anything." <laughs> he's just running over animals yeah, as as he's like There's no resolution, mass destruction, just animals flying to each um, side. <laughs> with the help of the animals, Max foils the principal, um, and the movie ends with. Jindrake being fired, Max and his friends celebrating a successful end, like we said, to the first week of school, yeah. and a freeze frame on Max being chased down on his bike by the ice cream man. That's Max Keeble's big move. Woo! I know that's a little longer than maybe we anticipated talking about it, but that's Max Keeble. And like with these other episodes, mm -hmm. we kind of sprinkled it throughout the episodes, some things that we thought were good. But Matt, like we have with other episodes, what, what if anything, is good about this movie um to me just the time period reminds me of a lot of kind of carefree feelings of like elementary school sitting and, in our room watching yeah, movies like movies this. like this and like disney channel shows like mm -hmm. this yeah um i i overall have a a fond fun i have fondness for this time period mm -hmm. um alex d lynn's it was actually a pretty good child actor. He mm -hmm. didn't do much after this. Right. Um, but leading up to this point, he was kind of, his star was kind of on the rise. Mm -hmm. So the actual character of Max Keeble, you can get behind. It's a likable protagonist. Max Lenz does it. He does a good job. Alex Lenz. Sorry, Alex yeah. Lenz. He does a really convincing job of yeah. playing this character who, he's small in stature, but wants yeah. to be cool. And he does like charming courageous. things. Yeah. Um, I mean, his parents... I mean, I like Robert Carradine. I didn't watch much Lizzie McGuire, but I remember him being, you know, a good part of that show. Mm -hmm. So his parents were likable. Um, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, Revenge, Revenge of the, the Nerds. Um, but 
I mean, it. I guess it did its job at what it was supposed to do. Larry Miller has a few shiny yeah. moments. But, yeah, that's really all good, I can say, about it's, it. I think the, the biggest thing is just the aesthetic of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I love early 2000s stuff. Yeah. As, almost as much as 90s stuff, mm -hmm. not equally. Yeah. And especially stuff from Disney and Nickelodeon. But that's Max Hebel's big move. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. But until the next time, house lights are up, the film's off the reel, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We'll see you next time.